And welcome to Civil Discourse. I'm Jamie Wojciechowski. And I'm Marilyn Brown. And today we are discussing, uh, I guess, the, the two big controversies that uh, happened earlier this week um, in comedy. Um, the first being uh, Kathy Griffin and the the photo she put on Instagram. Was that the the place for it? That she posted of um, of, of her with a severed head of Donald Trump. And um, secondly, the, the Bill Maher um, controversy of him using um, the, the N-word in a joke on, on his show and very nonchalantly and then not refusing to apologize for it. Um, so let's let's go in order. Let's uh, start with uh, the Kathy Griffin. Um, and just I'm just curious what your your views are of it, I guess, a, f- a few days after it happened. Yeah. So my views, I definitely um, disagree with the um, with the picture, with with the the action that she took. I mean, I just I, I you know, I'm a nonviolent person. And so seeing images like that, I don't think help. And I think bring, you know, adding any kind of violence to the conversation um, makes things worse. And so, you know, I, I, I didn't like it. You know, I definitely was not a fan of it. Um, but I also see that I do believe in free speech. And, and I think that, you know, she is a comedian. And so that was her choice to do it. And it was CNN's choice as someone who is, you know, paying her to, you know, do their New Year's Eve and, and maybe some other other appearances for them to, to not employ her anymore. Um, I think that that makes sense as their choice to do that because they disagreed with it. Um, but it, it was interesting to me, you know, how, how much, not just how much people were talking about it. Cause I get it. It was, it was a very shocking image, but what really just kind of sticks with me is how much people are really, really, um, continuing to kind of just discuss how, horrible it is that you know their view that it's really horrible what she did and kind of just really continuing to add all of this to the conversation and and how um there's kind of a a resistance to accepting her apology and kind of you know and it's interesting because i mean she apologized pretty immediately um and you know her first apology you know she seemed very sincere she you know seemed it was it was not one of those kind of characteristic non-apology apologies that we'll see in situations like this. She was, she sounded very, very, and looked very remorseful. Um, and there are again, consequences that CNN chose to terminate their relationship with her, which that's their choice. And I think for her to accept those consequences, but it was just like, it, 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 I felt like it was used as an opportunity to change or skew the narrative and start to say, see, this is the left. And this is kind of what we're seeing and kind of, use it as an example of what people who are resistant to um, Donald Trump's administration are, are doing. And, and that really bothered me. It didn't surprise me, but it's bothered me. Right. Especially when really it's not a, a, a left problem. It's something that happens. I mean, that happened nonstop during president Obama's presidency. So it's, it's just something that that people do when they're they're angry, and I think they don't really 
know how to mindfully express themselves or they want shock failure. The thing I found interesting about it was that she seemed to, at least to me, sincerely not have anticipated uh, the the negative reaction to it. And when she was talking yeah. about it, um, you could you could see the. I don't want to say the, the the hate for for Donald Trump, but kind of how his rhetoric um, has kind of almost tormented her in, in a way is kind of how how I got it. So it was just it was not not justifying what she did because I agree with you completely, um, but it, it just I think there's a there's a more mindful discussion that's not happening because. The reaction was so emotional um, from the the public, um, and and really from from Donald Trump, and then became so quickly political that any kind of talk about really um, what is art and what is free speech and where is the line and what was the intention, um, all all these things were kind of skipped right. in a way, and and it went. I think it. I did feel bad for her because I feel, even though I don't agree, I don't, I think, I mean, as, as someone who tries to be mindful, you have to approach it from a, a, a place of understanding. And when CNN fired her, I, I thought that to me, it made sense that they, they're a very specific brand and that type of action can really hurt their brand as a news organization if they um, show kind of any sign of supporting it or, or allowing that that kind of speech. So so I got it. But then she was also, I'm pretty sure every show that she had planned was canceled because the venues refused to allow her to perform, which is also they're right. But then there was all this stuff with, and and it's been vague, so I don't know how much is true and what the specifics okay. are about Donald Trump actually going after her and wanting there to be an investigation which would be paid for by by tax dollars um and i i just don't see how that's warranted because even though i don't agree with it i don't see and people can disagree with me this is just me i don't see uh any intent in it for of a threat I, yes. There, there yes. was nothing in it. Like, yeah. yeah, it was, it was tasteless and it was violent, but right. nothing in it hinted that it was a threat on the life of the president. And I think that's um, an, an important thing to recognize. On if they're going to try to push criminal charges and all these things, and I think that's where that line of um, free speech comes in because right. it, it wasn't a threat. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. And and actually, um, thinking about that point, that it wasn't a threat. And also, you know, look at what happened to President Obama, which you referenced to earlier, earlier in your response, that, you know, there were actual threats made against President Obama, against his family. I mean, there were so, it was a constant stream of derogatory, racist, disgusting, offensive things that were, that were taught, you know, that were um, lobbed at his family on, on certain news networks for the entire duration of, of his presidency. And even still now, and 
those things are considered free speech. You know, it's, well, you know, get over it. That's my opinion. It's free speech. Okay, that's fine. So where are the consequences? There's, it's fine if it's free speech, but then when it's Kathy Griffin and it's free speech and clearly it's not a threat, um, you know, I know that people were saying that, um, you know, there was reports out of, out of the White House that his son saw it and thought it was real and that's awful. Um, and yet most people know that that wasn't a threat and know that that wasn't real and that it was art, um, tasteless art, but art. And, you know, but it, it's, to me, it just shows a lot of the problem is that we really are still living in a very, very white supremacist society where the consequences, if it's, you know, against a white president are going to be much different than when it was, you know, the consequences against President Obama and, and for how he was treated throughout his presidency. Um, and, and you see it, you know, not to jump and, and go into the Bill Maher discussion, but I think, you know, that's some of what really frustrates me about some of the reactions to what's going on with Bill Maher is that I really feel like it again highlights that discrepancy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, I think we can kind of, uh, I have one more thing I, I would like to say, but I think we can move into the Bill Maher thing. Cause a lot of the, a lot of my thoughts are kind of the, about how they compare. But mm -hmm. um, I think a big part of the Kathy Griffin thing for me is the hypocrisy that, that I've seen. Um, and in two different places. Um, one thing that really, and it didn't surprise me, but it just, it just gave me a lot of pause was when she was talking about the, the death threat she was getting. And it's just, it's interesting that people would be so outraged that they would think, and I, I, I believe that they see that and think it's a threat on the president's life. And, for for them, I, I'm sure that that's that's awful to, to think that. But to then be so outraged that someone, in their opinion, threatened the president's life, to then go threaten that person's life, mm -hmm. um, is just I mean, it's the definition of of hypocrisy in in my in my view. And I think that's where the the mindfulness uh, is lacking. And and I think it, it's hard. I was thinking about this a lot, and I was. Um, I didn't. We weren't going to talk about the the, the London attacks because it's it's kind of new and all the information is not out there yet. But um, I see it with a lot a lot of the the terrorist. I see it with everything, and I think it's just the age of social media and it it still being so new is that nothing is processed anymore. Um, people have an immediate emotional reaction, which I think is what is natural to humans. But the difference was. Um, before social media, um, before that, those reactions were public, they, they simmered and the, the intellect was able to be brought in to kind of um, sift through what was just emotion and what was based in fact. And it was a little more processed where now it's so immediate that the first thing you see is the emotional response, which is often completely unmindful and in a lot of ways irrational. But then that kind of heightens... Uh, the situation in a way because then it it causes other people who wouldn't be emotional to be emotional and it kind of I think keeps people in that that heightened emotional state and unable to go into the that critical thinking stage if, if that makes sense um, and then the second thing I think was very 
hypocritical was, uh, I, I feel if if what Trump said about his son is true, I that I think that's horrific. But there are also in in Trump's statements, I just find a hypocrisy that he was one of the ones who was celebrating people who were threatening Obama. So it's it's just he was the leader of the birther movement that you know continued to deny his citizenship and his his kids had to see that his kids had to hear those reports um right and, yet, and ted ted that, nugent was right. um brought into the white house after he made multiple threats to um obama's life um so it's just i there's either uh it's either just plain out hypocrisy or there's some kind of disconnect there um that for some reason trump is is different um than obama and then therefore it it's not okay for him but it was okay for obama and just free speech here and not free speech there um i think it's probably a combination of both Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah i definitely think it's hypocrisy and i think it's hypocrisy you know to maintain power to keep you know to keep to keep his his himself in a certain position most of the things he does are are pretty hypocritical the things that he's criticized president obama for i mean you look at his twitter and it's just like this laundry list of old you know old things that are like coming back to 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 bite him in the butt these old statements that he made of of i wouldn't do this and if a president did that you know and it's like every single one are things that he's doing, but because now he's the president, it's just supposed to be accepted and, and we're supposed to accept everything with, with, without impunity and, and not question anything and, and, and not hold him to any, to even the, the standards of the, of the constitution, you know? And so, I mean, everything that, that happens is some form of hypocrisy. I mean, you look at talking about terrorism, you look at how much terrorism is going on in the United States against people of color and and marginalized communities and he is so quiet about those things i mean he you could see that that with the attacks the the horrific attacks that happened in portland where two three you know three people were were attacked and two men lost their lives at the hands of someone who was attacking um verbally attacking and you know harassing these two young muslim women and it's just like he didn't say anything about that for days until you know, there was kind of this generic statement put out about it, but yet if there's even a hint of maybe this is, a, you know, the kind of terror that I think fits the narrative that he's trying to to push right now, that, that we need to be afraid of Muslims, then he's, he's immediately on it and using it as an example to promote his travel ban, you know? And right. so it's really, it's really, really, so obvious the level of hypocrisy because i mean we're seeing it all the time and yet we're being told not to pay attention to it and not to not to ask questions right and there's in my view there's two types of hypocrisy there's the uh hypocrisy i see with sending uh kathy griffin death threats where i don't think that's an uh, i don't think most of those people are aware of that hypocrisy they're Mm -hmm. just um reacting and by they're reacting to violence by breeding more violence in, mm-hmm. in a way is what's happening. And they're just right. moving the cycle. And right. then you have kind of that, that political hypocrisy you're talking about with, with Trump, but is all, I mean, 
both parties do it ever. It's just that's what our politics has become, strategic, where it's a very yeah. strategic um, hypocrisy to to push push whatever their specific agenda is. Yeah, and an example of that is is I'm just rewatching um, Ava DuVernay's The Thirteenth on Netflix. You haven't watched it. I try to watch it every few months or so because it's just so informative. But thinking about the hypocrisy of sentencing between powder cocaine and crack cocaine and the right. impact on the black community how and how strategically and specifically that was done to impact communities of color, you know? And so those, that's a prime example of how that political, like kind of strategic hypocr hypocrisy plays out versus I think like you said, what you're seeing with people who just, it's more kind of conditioned lack of awareness, unmindful hypocrisy that I think a, all of us on some level engage in, in our lives. I mean, you know, but I think, right, that there's, yeah. you know, there's that kind of just sub it, you, we, we're, when we're not mindful, we, we can be very hypocritical. And so I think there's that versus institutions strategically doing things to continue um, injustice. And, right. that's, and that's what I really, that's, I think what's really more frustrating for me um, that we're seeing a lot more of right now. And that, I mean, that is mindfulness. Mindfulness comes from Buddhism where the, the goal really is enlightenment. And the idea of enlightenment is really breaking the, the, the cycle. Um, and that is what mindfulness allows you to do. And we're, as humans, as emotional beings, um, hi hypocrisy is in our blood when we don't bring an awareness to... The, those emotions and and to the the world around us because we react on right. instinct and that's where that that hip a lot of that hypocrisy comes from when it's not um, manipulative and mm -hmm. strategic, um, yeah yeah. So moving on to to Bill Maher, um, yes. Do you want to just give a quick? breakdown of what happened and your thoughts on it yes yes i definitely will so on friday night um bill maher's episode of real time with bill maher which airs on hbo he um decided to really i don't know it just it came out of his mouth so easily it just that's the thing that really trips me out about it he was just like well i'm a house nigger and just said it very, very easily. And it, it really, it, and, and then there was applause from the audience. He kind of did a little, you know, wave it off, ha ha ha, oh shucks. And then they moved on and there was an immediate backlash, which, you know, makes a lot of sense um, because this is not something that's okay for him to say. And I, I feel very strongly about that. So my reactions, when I saw it come up on my Twitter feed that he said it, I was like, oh, well, I'm, I wasn't super surprised because I I haven't been Bill Maher. a a fan of Bill Maher <laughs> for a while. Um, I will pop in and watch certain episodes of his show. Like there was um, Maya Wiley was on a couple of weeks or a couple of months ago now, and so I'll watch every once in a while if he has somebody somebody specific that I want to hear from. But otherwise, I tend to avoid it because um, he says pretty offensive things and 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 tends to give himself a pass to do so a lot of times because he is a liberal and 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 he's on the left and and so um so that 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 was kind of how it happened and one thing that really stuck out to me was that initially he didn't apologize he has since apologized 
um, which is which is which was surprising for me because Bill Maher tends to double down on things like this and really not apologize. I think that he apologized because he saw the level of um, outcry about it. I mean, people are calling for HBO to drop his show to end Bill Maher's show. I mean, there's there's huge you know huge names of people that are like tweeting. HBO should should sever their relationship with Bill Maher. And so I think that he saw that there may be some serious consequences um, for this if he just doesn't say anything. And so he apologized. But I, I the difference between his apology for me and, and what Kathy Griffin says is it was it just seemed much more much less of an actual acknowledgement of the impact of what he said right. and what he did. Um, it was just like, okay, I said something that offended people. You guys didn't like it. Whoops. It slipped out. I don't know if that word slips out of your mouth, but the fact that it slipped out <laughs> concerns me. Yeah. You know, but um, okay, it slipped out and he wants people to just kind of move on from it. And 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 the other thing that really bugged me is so much of the commentary is leave Bill alone. He apologized, move on, move on. I was looking on Twitter today and like Donna Brazil had a statement saying, you know, he apologized, let's move on. And it's in the, and that brings to my awareness and reminds me of that continued kind of trauma that black people have been suffering in this country that's so tied to that word since we've been here. You know, is that okay, these things happen, sorry, move on, get over it, you know, forgive, let it go, but without any corrective action, without any kind of um justice or acknowledgement or, or correction to the damage that's been made. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, and I think the two, the, the Donna Brazil, Brazil, it's, it's hard because uh, th there's a political agenda there. He's very, mm -hmm. very tied to the democratic party. So that, that just makes sense to me that they would want him to be left alone because he brings in a, a lot of money and is very much a mouthpiece for, um, what they're trying to do and, and what they're thinking. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah. That but is she, what, I'm so I'm not familiar. What is her current position within the Democratic Party? Um, I have no idea. Okay. So she's yeah. not like, because it's now Perez, is that? Right. Yeah. So, cause it, so it, I'm it, sure she's working with like that. transition or some something. Right. I could see that. But I also think then it, it strikes me as interesting that they have, the black person who's no longer the voice of the, you know, of the party making that mm -hmm. statement in, in support, you know, it's like, okay, well, if that was the democratic party saying kind of leave him alone, he makes a lot of money. I would think, you know, maybe it would be somebody else, but a lot of times that's also what happens is that black people are sent out to tell black people, to, to yo. down, you know, yeah. and, and to, to no, it's okay. You know, don't worry about it. He's, he's cool. It's fine. And that, that's, I mean, that's strategic because if it right, was, exactly. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fox News is, is, is notorious for that. You know, they, they find specific people to, you know, to, to trot out and, 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 and um, perpetuate their narrative. And so, um, but the thing that, the thing with, with, with Bill that, you know, really strikes me is that people are keep saying it's a joke. Um, it's a joke. And so we keep hearing it's a joke, but, Slavery isn't a joke and it's still affecting people. 
And that's the thing that I think, you know, I really was thinking about this morning. And I think that even just that idea of like, it's in the past is such a privileged position to take. Right. You know, people who have had this lives affect their ancestors and their themselves and their communities and their families since we've been here and, and will continue to affect us. It, it There's no way that you can just say it's in the past. And so making, you know, a joke about slavery and it's, oh, it, it, you know, it was that it was so long ago. It, it was in the past um, is just is is a position of, of, of privilege that I think people really need to kind of be aware of and see because this is affecting Black people as individuals on a day-to-day basis, Black communities, Black families, and has, you know, the entire time. So so that part really kind of struck me that, again, we're, we're kind of getting, we're hearing, like, you know, move on, it's okay, you know, give him a break, he apologized, but this is still, you know, I still, when I get in my car, realize that I'm a Black person in a car with, you know, driving alone and and feeling that mm-hmm. fear in certain situations. So, what do you well, what do you think is the mindful way to I guess have the these conversations because what I, what I've seen is the reaction, I mean, it's there's no other way to say it. The the way people are reacting is divided on race. Um, I've seen the vast majority of white people are the ones saying it's just a joke, um, that, that kind of that narrative. And then you have the, the black community who's, who's outraged. And what ends up happening is, um, I see my black friends telling my white friends that they shouldn't have an opinion. Um, and then, um, because it doesn't affect them and that, and then you have the, my white friends tell my black friends, well, it's just a joke and you have to take in the the in- intention. Um, you have to consider the intention. So it just it, it it's both. I see both kind of. I, I don't like using the word sides, but kind of both groups telling the other group to how they should react to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as opposed to there actually being any kind of dialogue and i think a lot of it is because people don't have no clue how to have that that dialogue or what what's appropriate or how how to be sensitive but still um have an opinion because in my view and i was telling because i i posted um about it about just just what happened and, and specifically about um just that there was a lot of comparison between and praise for CNN for uh, firing Kathy Griffin. And then that was used to attack HBO um, to try to force them to make the same decision. So I had just said nothing about really Bill Maher because I'm not a fan of Bill Maher. I don't agree with what he did at all, Mm -hmm. but that those two decisions are completely different because when you fire Kathy Griffin from her New Year's Eve show, you're firing Kathy Griffin. When you fire Bill Maher from a show that is his and without him will be canceled and not exist, you're firing not only him, but the hundreds of people who work on that show, Um, which isn't to say that that's a reason why he shouldn't be fired, but it's just not the same choice. So it's going to take HBO longer to to come up with a decision and there's just more, more nuance um, in, 
in that. And I was kind of bringing that, I was just bringing that comparison to light Uh and it, it obviously, and I should have expected it. It didn't stay on that topic and it, it kind of went, went off with, with people (laughs) kind of yelling at each other. And it, it literally just became people telling others to stay silent or telling them how to think as opposed to being mindful and trying to uh, understand. But mm-hmm. where other words are coming from and just the, the nuance, I think a lot of it is so like, I mean, for lack of a better phrase, black and white is how people try to make it. And then they don't want to discuss the nuance maybe because it's uncomfortable. Like, I don't know what it is but i had no clue how to how to move it to a mindful place right i think i think the hard thing so like going back to the post i i do think that um it is a different decision for hbo and it's not the exact same thing and people tend to equate the two and just kind of immediately say you know that one needs to influence the other they're completely separate but i also do still feel like um HBO and I, I just I I tend to wonder and I think that this is because you know my entire experience has been the black experience of my life um, I, I tend to wonder well what would it have been if he'd said something extremely offensive to women or extremely offensive to you know yeah women um, overall because I look at you know the rhetoric that Donald Trump spewed throughout his um, his campaign and people waited to be really, really outraged. Most people weren't really outraged and bothered by him until he said the, um, grab him by the pussy comment, you know? And so I, I just, again, I, I wonder, I think, yeah, you know, it's, it's a different decision, but I wonder how quickly or, mm-hmm. or how, you know, how it would have been dealt with. Yeah. If, it's a different decision a different victim because I do feel like, you know, we, we are living in a, in a world where, um, Black people are not allowed to be victims, you know, and yet we're constantly being victimized. And so, I mean, you look at, you know, and this is the other thing that really bothered me about Bill Maher is that, you know, what he said and and callously bringing up slavery as a joke um, and calling himself what he did, you know, again, that's still affecting our communities. I mean, there there was a, a, a black man, Richard Collins III, that was assassinated, that was that was terrorized and murdered. Um for white by a white supremacist and our our president isn't saying anything about it you know and and that's a concern because if there's an if there's a continued allowance of these type of actions and then also we're being told don't feel anything when this trauma is brought up black people are are frustrated and 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 left feeling like you know well no you don't get to say what I, what I should feel. And so I get, you know, I think that part of what I think has to be having a mindful discussion is recognizing, unfortunately, not everybody's opinions on everything are the same and carry the same weight and are as valid, you know? So if you want to have a mindful discussion with someone about what's okay and what's not, you know, being willing to, to take the stance that, that you do no less that you do have less of a perspective that you do have more to learn from a black person about how racism affects black people and the and the the you know the effects of this than someone who's white and being able to just accept that you know we have to be able to accept 
where we're coming from if we're going to be able to learn and actually make any progress. Um, and I, oftentimes what I see is that, you know, especially in a lot of kind of Facebook and Twitter battles that people get into about race, it's it's the when it doesn't go anywhere, when it when it turns into kind of one of these battles, oftentimes it's because the white person who a lot of times is someone who considers themselves an ally is is fighting for special permission to, you know, not, I don't know, to, to not be, to, it's like the person doesn't want to be, doesn't want to be seen as being a part of our white supremacist society, but yet our society is white supremacist and we're all a part of it. And so a lot of times I think people get frustrated when they're not, when they feel like they're being labeled as something, but rather than actually just looking at what the person who's saying, this is my life and this is how this affects me and this is the, the trauma that I'm dealing with because of it, the person who is arguing with them is more uh, more concerned with not being viewed as, as, as being a part of it. Right. Kind of and that's, I mean, that's pretty much what I exclusively see is normally... Yeah. It's uh, a white person who posts and then uh, a white person comments and then uh, a black person responds and then it becomes uh, no one can I have to prove myself. And then that's kind of what it it becomes. And it just mm-hmm. it becomes a mess. Right. The other it thing it I, becomes don't attack me. You know, a lot of times I mm-hmm. mean, you see that the the black people are told that we're that we're attacking when we're responding to or, or pointing out you know, injustice or discrepancy or, or whatever it is, it's being, oh my gosh, now you're attacking me because you're saying that my view is, 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 um, skewed or, you know what I mean? Or, right. or is, is, is incorrect. And it's like, no, it's, they were not, that's not an attack on you. And so they're kind of in, ends up this like victim kind of response that just leads everybody in two different directions. Right. And it's also a type of hypocrisy because you're basically saying, um, I want to express my opinion and I want you to listen to it and to accept it, but I don't want to do the same for you. Right. And it's just, and that's, that's basically what, what it comes down to at, at the core. Um, and once you get past that is when you're actually able to have, um, meaningful conversations because, Especially in in this scenario, I feel like there's. I, and I don't think this is conscious. I feel like it, it's it's exactly what you're saying. But um, listening, I don't know if it's just un, uncomfortable. Um, listening to that's the, that's the narrative I hear a lot is that um, uh, it's it gets uncomfortable for white people specifically to to kind of be challenged on it but then the question i always ask is why where where is that actually coming from because i i don't i'm not yet able to really i think it's different for different people but until you can pinpoint that you can't really get over what the 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 issue is um you know what i mean yeah no definitely and i and i think that like yeah, I mean it's it that's 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 the sticking point that you know that's that's where we always kind of get get stuck with this is that, that there's this just kind of lack of even being able to acknowledge that and I think that like you know white guilt is a very 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 real thing and people avoid 
thinking about it, talking about it, feeling it, hearing it. it, it it's it's much more um, easier to just not talk about it. You know, I mean, you look at like our history books and how things were skewed to just kind of make things not as brutal as they were. And, 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 you know, that's to kind of assuage the, the, that, that, you know, the, the, that white guilt, but nobody is really worried about the continued trauma that that inflict, inflicts on, um, you know, on those who, who's, whose history is being erased or is being right. changed. You know, um, I think people have to be, you know, being mindful is about getting curious. And so there's a discomfort with, with paying attention to these things and to, to being able to really look at how our country has, has been built and kind of the history behind it. I think that that's, that's a question for mindfulness. That's a question to kind of look into internally and feel like, well, why, why is this difficult for me? Why does this make me so uncomfortable? There's reasons there, but everybody has to be willing to look, inside of themselves to do that. But I think a lot of times, you know, and, and right now, I mean, I think we're in a place where there's people who are just are not interested in, in getting involved and, and, in, in, in trying to help out with, with marginalized communities, but there's kind of a, a group of people that want to get involved. And I think they're that, that guilt kind of pushes them to wanting to get involved, but also there's still this armor that's up. And so you're kind of, you see people going into these spaces and wanting to get involved, but still really not being willing to be vulnerable themselves. Yeah. So and I, we've got to be vulnerable to be able to really make any kind of progress and understand each other. I think it's also important to understand the the um, com- complexity and how ingrained it is in, in everything in our society. I'm just thinking back to the, the, the HBO thing. And it really is because the, the capitalist system we have, I, I don't want to say it's in, in what I'm in specifically what I'm saying is is racist, but it doesn't have a uh, a moral compass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's definitely true that, you know, with this corporate system, the bottom line is money. And, and so and I think, you know, I feel like communities of color, black people are used to that. Like we I don't think that people really expect what would what may be considered, you know, if, if, if firing Bill Maher, getting rid of his show would be considered like justice for what he said. I don't, I don't think anybody really actually expects that, that that's going to happen. I think we're pretty used to continued injustice, you know, I mean, from, from things like this, where it, it's, it's not as huge of an offense as, as something like someone being, an, uh, you know, an unarmed person being shot down by the police and then the police getting off and getting sent back to work, um, with back pay a few months later. Um, and so it, it, it's, it's, it's one of those things that I think part of mindfulness and part of awareness is recognizing that, um, there's a lot at play. There's a lot of, a lot of things that are, that are keeping these systems going. And so if we can find a way to continually be aware of those things and, and not expect immediate change, but really work for, long-term policy shifts and things that that really that's kind of where the change is going to happen because it's not going to happen overnight there's so much that that we're dealing with you know and 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 i don't want to add too much to the discussion because we're getting towards the end but even just thinking about you know our attorney general jeff sessions and and his agenda and the things that he's doing and, and bringing back 
mandatory minimum sentencing and 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 you know really it's it's very clear with his agenda that there's an attack on black community poor communities so it's we're kind of we're in for the long haul right now you know and I, I think I, I I do like that when things like this happen with Bill Maher it gives us an opportunity for deeper discussion you know I did see some really really insightful threads on Facebook um, one from Angela Rye who's amazing and she's on CNN and and she you know she talked about the 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 impact of, of, of that term and, and how it impacts our community still now and how the, the idea of house slaves and field slaves has led to the continued division in the black community with, with colorism and things. And so a lot of this stuff wouldn't even be getting talked about with a broader audience right now if, if Bill Maher didn't see what he said. So, you know, that I, I try to pay attention to that so that I don't get so frustrated with what's actually happening. Well... This was an interesting one. <laughs> Happy Sunday, everybody. Thanks for listening. And hopefully we gave you guys a different perspective on, on these two different issues. So thanks, guys.